What's up, what's happening, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight I'm here with my co-host, Dustin Smith, and what a victory it was last night for the Auburn Tigers, 69-63 to over the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Your 21st-ranked Auburn Tigers improved to 14-3 and on the year and 4-1 and in the Southeastern Conference. Neville Arena, you never miss. The Jungle, the student section, one of the greatest atmospheres in all of college basketball. You absolutely brought it last night. I know it got tight down the stretch. Wendell Green Jr., Jalen Williams, Alan Flanagan, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Alan Flanagan has absolutely brought it in Southeastern Conference play. Absolutely brought it. Jalen Williams, stay hot too. Stay hot, man. Keep shooting the rock. Wendell Green Jr., keep being the leader. Keep being the leader that you are down the stretch. Phenomenal job from this team last night. Big time win at home, and hopefully we can build on it. I know we got a tough one Wednesday night, traveling to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to take on the LSU Tigers, who are struggling a little bit. Just got beat to sleep by the Alabama Crimson Tide. So let's go on the road, take a performance, and get a big time dub. So we're excited to talk about that tonight. And we will also be talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence coming all the way back from 27 to nothing and getting a playoff dub. Trevor Lawrence had a horrific first half and bounces back in the second half, never give up, keep throwing the rock, and lead your team to a playoff victory. You love to see it. You love to see it for that franchise. Me and Dustin talked about it on his show the other night. They were so close to getting shipped off to London, and they had been talks of just not enough fan attendance in Duval and everything. And you look over there the other night, and it's a packed house. Jacksonville's going crazy. The atmosphere was electric. Just phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Doug Peterson comes in. We obviously see Urban Meyer was the problem there. And you get a playoff victory. So congratulations to that franchise. And with that being said, we're going to kick it over here to the Belly Up Sports Network. And then we're going to get Dustin in here and get right after it. War Damn Eagle, everybody. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Welcome back in, everybody, and tonight we are here with our co-host, Dustin Smith. We're excited to have him, like always. Every Sunday, we do a little Auburn Auburn sports recap, man. Uh, Dustin, I know there's a lot of NFL playoffs going on, man. What you been up to this Sunday? Oh, I haven't left the couch, man. <laughs> I haven't left the couch. It's my favorite time of the year, like I said before. Everything's going on. Hockey's in the middle of it. Yeah. You got all these football games on. Uh, college basketball is in full swing, and the SEC in basketball, brother, is just absolutely nuts right now. You can't mm. predict anything, so it's been wild. Mm, man. Well, you know, you brought up college basketball, and I know we're gonna t- we're gonna kick this thing off with the NFL, but man, you know, one thing you you just mentioned, like you can't predict anything in the SEC. Kentucky goes on the road yesterday to Tennessee, and they get a they get a dub. All right. It looked like a completely different Kentucky team. They were shooting the ball. They weren't getting just beat to sleep on the boards. It just looked completely different. The turnovers and all the sloppy play and just, I mean, it was just a completely different performance. And then you look over here at Arkansas, 
and they're talking trash to Vanderbilt and uh, making little gestures at Stackhouse and everything and whatever that was and didn't get a technical foul. I don't know how, but uh, they get mopped by Vanderbilt. I mean, this conference. And then Alabama just absolutely beat LSU to sleep. I mean, man, it's an insane conference. And and a basketball podcast that covers the SEC, I was talking to him yesterday, and I was like, you know, if you don't – it's just like football now. This isn't 2004, 2005 anymore. Uh, If you don't bring your A-plus stuff every night, you can go down, period. You can go down. So you better be on your A game. And this conference is wide open, man. It's wide open. It's crazy. It, you get a team like Florida and you go, okay, what are they? You look at a team like Georgia and you go, okay, what are they? You look at a team like Mizzou and you say, okay, what are they? It's going to be crazy to see how this finishes, man. No doubt, man. Uh, a, a deep, deep conference. Uh, SEC basketball is – I mean, it's at its peak, man. I mean, it, it's it's a tough, tough conference. But, Dustin, man, first, let's kick it over here to the NFL to start off tonight, man. And what a comeback last night down in Duval. We talked about it on your show the other night. Uh, I picked the Chargers. You called this and picked the Jags on a game-winning field goal. The Jaguars start out down 27 to nothing. I think, what, T-Law threw, what, four picks in the first half or something like yeah, that? Yeah, five turnovers. Yeah, man. I'm just insane stuff. I mean, insane. Man, you know, they went down right there before half and got the got the touchdown to make it 27-7, you know. And and I really think that kind of gave the Jags a little swagger coming out in the second half. And just Dustin talk a little bit about Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence just never giving up. Uh just Foot on the gas the entire second half. He kept throwing the rock. Doug Peterson never lost faith. I mean, just what an incredible performance in the second half by the Jags, Dustin. Dude, there's a lot of crazy stats out there in football and in sports in general, but maybe the craziest one I've I've ever heard is Trevor Lawrence is undefeated in his life on Saturday. Oh, yeah. He's dating back to high school. That's insane. Wild. Wild, absolutely wild. Definition of a winner, right? Yeah, I mean, Dustin, Dustin, last night, you remember when I told you there was some people in a group chat that I'm in that were calling him a bust? Yeah. I got in there last night. I got in there last night, and I was like, is he still a bust? Like, (laughs) (laughs) what what happened? Where's that argument at? If they would have lost, then he would have had a terrible performance. He still wouldn't have been a bust. No, um, no. Yeah, dude, the crazy thing about this game to me is, like, so you go back to the Jacks' fifth turnover, and it's uh, right there before the end of the second half. It's a punt. Mm-hmm. It just hits their gunner who's running down the field. It hits him in the head. Like, he don't see it. He's facing he's facing the opposite way. Mm-hmm. The ball just hits him in the helmet, and it's a crazy bounce. And the Chargers pick it up. And at that point, dude, of course you're sitting there saying, this just isn't their night. Yep. Like, five turnovers in the first half. And when we talked about it on my show, we said turnovers are always the key in a playoff game. 
but especially for Jags, we both agree, especially for the Jags, they could not turn the ball over and give it to this Charger offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they turned over five times yep. in the first half and still won a game, man. Uh, just a just a wild night, and you can't, you never know what's going to happen. And for Trevor Lawrence, what a statement, man, to bounce back and look like you say, you know, he hasn't lost a game ever on Saturday, and he's had he's had a pretty easy road in high school. I'm not saying that people just lay down, but he's just so talented in high school. You're going to dominate at that level when you're that good. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to college and dominates. To come into the NFL to have a, a struggle, not he played well, but okay his rookie year. But like we talked about before, just you can't really judge a guy, just like you can't judge Robbie Ashford off of Keysaw and Harson being his coaches, right? You just can't judge Trevor off of that. They come in there last night, man, first playoff game, have a terrible first half, and to say no, nah, that adversity ain't nothing. It doesn't always have to be roses for me. I can bounce back when it gets tough too, and to do that and to lead them into that game with a field goal drive. Hell yes, our Lawrence. Good stuff. Mm, man, it, it was it was crazy to watch that second half. Man, just the confidence you could see him gaining confidence after every throw and that fourth and one call. Man, I mean that was guts. All right, I mean pure guts right there on that fourth and one handoff. Um, man, Urban Meyer was one hundred percent the problem. How bad does this make Urban Meyer look? I mean. Doug Peterson comes yeah, in year one. That was kind of like made uh, Arsenal look, right? Yeah, gotta be, man. I mean, Doug Peterson comes in year one, and you go to the playoffs, and you, you get a come-from-behind victory over the Chargers. And, I mean, a lot of people had the Chargers predicting – they were predicting them to play in the Super Bowl this year. And so my thing – my next question for you, Dustin, is Brandon Staley, man. A lot of people are predicting you – to play in the Super Bowl, represent the AFC, and you have a, a decent year with what you had to deal with and everything. Your quarterback gets hurt and everything, and uh, you know he's beat up throughout the year. And you get to ten and seven, you got to go on the road because Jacksonville won their division. But you should have won the foot. You should have beat Jacksonville. Okay, you should have you should have kept your foot on the gas and you should have beat the Jaguars. So you blow a twenty-seven to nothing lead, Dustin. Does Brandon Staley deserve to keep his job after this? If it went either way, I wouldn't argue it. My thing is, I understand if you say a guy's made the playoffs, so you don't want to like set that precedent unless mm-hmm. unless it goes for a long. If you're, if you're four or five years and you, you just can't crack it. Similar to what my Bucks did with Tony Dungy type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to argue something like that. Uh, so if they're, if they're saying, okay, look, we made the playoffs, we're not going to fire him, that's fine. And if they fire him, that's fine too, because it's not just last night. He has, you can go back to some times in the regular season since he's been the head coach where he's really struggled to manage the game. And. So either way, I'm cool with it. I think the important thing there, Blake, is going to be what is his relationship with Herbert? I don't have the answer to that. I don't follow the Chargers uh, enough to know. Mm-hmm. But if him and if him and Herbert have a really good relationship and Herbert likes him and Herbert will go to bat for him, then knowing the way the NFL works, he'll probably at least get another year. That won't buy you time forever. But if you made the playoffs, 
he could probably point to and say, listen, you know, it was a second half collapse, but we were leading at halftime. Yes, you know, a lot of it's on him. But if Herbert will go to bat for him, I could see him coming back. And if they fire him, I understand that too, man. I mean, that was that was bad. And like I said, it's not a one-off. Like, that's mm-hmm. there's been some questionable things before. And uh, really something, dude, that you're seeing more and more of is questionable fourth downs going for it, coaches struggling to manage the game, just really focused on analytics and it coming back to bite them. And I'm and I'm, I'm watching these games and I'm wondering when is it when is the, when are these guys going to learn? Mm-hmm. Like how many more examples do you have to see of your stupid analytics sheet putting you in a terrible position? <laughs> and just uh, feel the game, man. Feel the game. And so either way, either way they go with it. I wouldn't. I would understand. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, I come out and said right after the game, I said he deserves to be fired. Twenty-seven to nothing. Yeah, in the, argue that. yeah, in the NFL, bro, you got to go. I'm sorry. I just, I can't, I can't put up an argument for you for you to stay. But Dustin, man, how about the Miami Dolphins and the fight they gave the Buffalo Bills this morning, man? I mean, just uh, Skylar Thompson, you're down to your third string guy. No Bridgewater, no Tua, and you take the Buffalo Bills down to the freaking wire, man. And all of a sudden, I get on, I get on Twitter, social media, and I see everybody saying, "Oh well, Mike McDaniel's that could have been his last game with the <laughs> Dolphins." Like, what are we talking about here? What, what's what's going on, man? Like, I don't get it. I, I don't get it with these fan bases, these organizations. Like, the dude was basically playing with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson for half the year and you make the playoffs and everything that happened with your quarterback I just I don't know how you could fire a guy like that man and then the performance they put on today I mean Josh Allen just he really didn't have an answer man he he played one of the worst games I've ever seen him play I mean, it was just how do you fire a guy like that? I don't I don't get it man there there should be no debate Mike Mike should keep his job it shouldn't even be brought up. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, we talked about it the other night, and I, I, I still think it's stupid. Yeah. Good thing I didn't put any money down because I would have, I would have covered the spread. I yeah. would have said uh, even, even fourteen. I still would have said, yeah, there's no way. Though, so, like I know it kind of fell apart down the stretch, but they built the offense around Tua. Yep. And you know he had three concussions in one year. There's nothing you can do about that. And sure, that he is. You know, there's things that he could have done better. Absolutely. But I mean, I mean, you talk about this with Bruce Pearl all the time. Like, show me a perfect coach. If you're going to break down a guy and really analyze it and go to find, you know, to come in and going through everything, you're going to find little details and say, okay, this down the other. But I think it was. I want to say 2017, the last time they made the playoffs. Yep. Maybe it was longer than that. But uh, a long playoff streak to break that. You saw the potential, and uh, you got to build, man. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to fire a guy after you make the playoffs in his first year? That's that's ridiculous. And then if you're Miami, you already fired another coach that made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna if, if you're Steven Ross, you're going to start building up a reputation of man, I can go. To, I go down here and make the playoffs, or excuse me, maybe the the guy they fired didn't make the playoffs, but he went like eleven and five or something. Yeah, and it was just because of the Patriots and the Bills. But he had a really successful season and got fired. Mm-hmm. And um, 
doing so if you're Steven Ross there on you're gonna build up that reputation of like man you come here and win a bunch of games make the playoffs you still get fired and that's not what you want either so you're gonna have a hard time attracting guys so yeah man I like Mike McDaniels like his personality it's different yeah and it is one of those personalities where if you start losing I can see how that gets old pretty quick um but yeah dude give the guy a chance like you gotta give, give him give him two three years give him a shot I mean, you made the playoffs for the first time in a while. What'd you expect? Mm-hmm. You're building something. Yeah, man, we got a good one going on right now. Matter of fact, the Giants and the Vikings, 31-24 with about seven minutes left in the fourth, man. Uh, Danny Dimes and Saquon just uh, getting it done. And I, I want to see, see if Kirk Cousins is about it, Dustin. Because here's his, chance. here's his chance, man, because we know Kirk, when he gets in those primetime spots, man, it's been rough. Kirk on prime time is is rough, man. And so you're in the playoffs now with the Vikings, and and you, in my opinion, they they got to get something done here, man. If they go one and out, I think it might be time to move on from Kirk, Dustin. Yeah, I hear you. And it's funny watching Danny Dimes because it's just it's crazy what good coaching will do, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you got somebody that can put you in the right system and set you up, and the guy just looks totally different. Mm. Keep that in mind with uh, number nine on the Auburn football team. <laughs> Robbie, we man. We go freaking out because of portal things. People don't, you don't think we're getting the right portal people. Hey, man, we, we we got a couple pickups this weekend, didn't we? We got, got a, yeah, got a linebacker from Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, they're crying about it. You got Mississippi State fans. Uh, we haven't talked about it from them. And then they're crying about tampering and this, that, and the other. So I've seen several um, – Several message boards and tweets and all kind of things from three or four different SEC uh, West fan bases just this weekend complaining about Hugh Freeze and his tactics and what's going on at Auburn. So guess what, guys? That's a good sign. Because we're nobody complaining about what Brian Harson was doing, were they? Mm. Mm. Man, that just hearing that name just makes me cringe, Dustin. But, uh... <laughs> Man, we'll uh we'll kick it over here to the basketball side of things, Dustin. The Auburn Tigers coming away with a sixty nine to sixty three victory over the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Auburn improving to fourteen and three on the year, four and one in the SEC, man. Woo, Dustin. They had me nervous coming down the stretch, brother, but uh just give me your overall thoughts from last night and the and the big time victory inside of the jungle. I think I've been pretty fair on officiating this year, right? Yeah. I, I, have I complained that much about officiating? No. I don't think I've really brought it up at all. No. Uh, last night was ridiculous. Listen, dude, like, just absurd. It really was. On the layup that KD made, he got hammered. Just hammered. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even your typical KD, I'm trying to draw the cut light. Yeah. He just got smashed. It was, it was crazy. So, honestly... I'm even more excited about this victory. And I watch the SEC refs. I watch all these games. And I'm not saying that they're biased against Auburn. They just they have a hard time. <laughs> they have a hard time. And, I, and I'm trying to be fair and say, listen, officiating college basketball is hard. I mean, these are close. Mm-hmm. These guys are moving fast. These athletes have never been better, never been quicker, stronger, yada, yada, yada. But, dude, that was just – there were several calls that – really blew my mind so the fact that we overcame that and you know i always talk about blake we got to keep it under 12 turnovers Mm. well we did it 
And, uh, you know, we were up there. We had, we had 20 turnovers last night. Yep. And that's what Mississippi State does. They are a great defensive team. Like a lot of these teams in the league we're coming to find out are built around defense. But they're a great defensive team. That's what they do. They cause turnovers. And uh, so, really, man, I'm impressed. There was a lot of things that I liked individually. A lot of things I saw from Wendell. A lot of things I saw from Jalen. Well, still fleeing with another good performance. That's four in a row now. So I'm going to consider him back now. That's hmm. four good, solid performances for Flam in a row. He's flipped that switch. We can count on him now. I'm not saying he won't have a bad night, but not so much as the team, but there's several things individually that I could point to, and I say I saw growth and improvement and good signs to come. I mean, Blake, how about that five-point sequence from Wynn with about two minutes left? Oh, man. It's a huge three, and then gets a steal and comes down on the layup. And you've talked about it specifically several times. Wynn's got to be the leader. Yep. That's textbook right there. Yep. And, and Dustin, one thing about that, man, is, is you know, we pointed out there's four guys on this team, right? Joe Broom, Jalen Williams, Wendell Green Jr., and Alan Flanagan. All right, those are your four guys. It's 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 well enough into the season where we know those are your four, okay? And last night, Joe Nye has an off night. He had 25 minutes, 2 of 5 from the field. He was 0 for 1 from the three-point line. And he had four rebounds, one assist with six points. He had an off night. But guess what, man? Jalen Williams, he emerges. Bang, hits you with 21 points. Had 31 minutes, 8 of 15 from the field, 5 of 7 from three with seven rebounds, and two assists. Five Dustin. Five of seven from three. Five of seven from three. And started it out. Saying, bro, shoot that thing 15 times. That's been our I, number for him, Blake. Man, hey, and started out early. Come out the gate early and was letting it fly. And then, like we mentioned in, in a previous episode, Dustin, you remember we, we kept saying that Wendell needed to step up and be the leader of this team and have a have a Kobe mentality. Well, last night, what you just mentioned earlier, I think we saw a little bit of that Mamba mentality where he finally said, hey, you know what? I am the guy on this team. I am the leader. All right, I got to step up and make a play. Late down the stretch, game got tight. Like you said, five point sequence. Win steps up and makes a couple of plays to win the ball game, man. And and another guy, Alan Flanagan, thirty one minutes, four of eight from the field, two of four from three, seven boards, three assists with ten points. Man, if Flan has given you ten to fifteen, Dustin, we've talked about it over and over yeah, and over boards, again, yeah. D- dude. I mean, this Auburn team is going to win a lot of games. And we saw how physical Mississippi State was last night. They're a great defensive team. They have a lot of length, a lot of size. They crash the boards. The only thing that is hurting the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Dustin, is shooting. They they can't throw it into an ocean. They can't throw it into the ocean. I mean. Did you see what Hope posted? I did not. What did he post? Okay. In the last four times that Mississippi State has played us, in the last all last four games versus Mississippi State, they are four for fifty-five from three. Oh my god! <laughs> four of fifty-five. Yeah, I don't know what kind of voodoo we put on them, but yeah. yeah. And they're zero for eighteen last night. Oh, I was just about to say they were zero for eighteen last night. Dude, I mean, 0 for 18. I, I, 0 for 18. That is insane. 
I don't know, man. I, we I, got I, best three point out of the season. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> Dustin, one thing, one thing that kind of bothered me a little bit last night was in the second half. In in the second half, I know we fouled a lot in the second half. I know we fouled a lot on defense, but one thing that kind of concerned me on offense is when. Mississippi State would pressure the basketball. They would kind of throw, uh, you know, a little a little press in there, or, or you know, they would pick us up at at half court or whatever it is. Man, when they would when we would come across half court and they would trap, we were struggling. We were struggling to find an open man. There was no off ball movement. Everybody was just kind of stagnant, standing around, and I just. I was watching it, and you know, I was live and everything, and I was like, "Man, what, what in the hell is going on?" Like, I just, I don't know, man. It, it, there's something that really concerns me. Is it when? Like, is it because he he's he's small, and and when you put a big physical guard on him, he struggles? And I, I don't know, man. Is it a concern to you, Dustin? Well, there's going to be some of that with his the size. There's always mm-hmm. going to be some of that. You got to just he's got to do things. Got to knock down the outside shot particularly when he goes up against a bigger guard. Uh, like we saw versus Ole Miss, now Mississippi State switched it up a little bit more, and I've been watching them specifically this season, and, uh, hey, man, for what I see, they might be the second-best defensive team in the conference mm-hmm. and a team full of great defensive teams. So yeah. they've got long athletic guys that built their team around that, and, uh, yeah, they're – they, they, they definitely gave us problems for sure. And, you know, 20, I said 20 turnovers is not the number for us. Luckily, we were able to force them into 16 as well. But I will say this, again, not making excuses for our, what, we, what we struggled last night, but that's that's the strength of their team. They uh, they switched up defenses. They ran at 1-3-1, like we saw against Ole Miss a little bit. But they, like you said, they were switching up to some traps. They were doing some different things. And they caught us off guard for a little bit. Luckily, mm-hmm. We were able to knock down 11 threes and shoot 44% from three, which is our best percentage of the year from three. And if they're going to run that zone on you, that's what you got to do. Mm. 13 free throws last night, Dustin. Compared to their 28. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing with that, Blake. We're not – this isn't like um, – remember when we played Duke in, in, the, in the tournament down in Hawaii? Mm-hmm. And they outshot us like thirty-eight to seven or eight or something like that on a free throw line. Yeah, and everybody said, "Well, it's because we're a jump shooting team." And I still thought that like thirty-six to eight or whatever it was was a bit ridiculous. But mm-hmm. I agree, like that was a jump shooting team. We're not a jump shooting team this year. We were getting hammered, and they just weren't calling it. They seem more concerned with calling technicals on. Janai's reaction after he blocks a shot or something, and they do calling our guards just getting hammered, man. Like there's no, there's no excuse for some. But on like I said earlier, on KD's layup, he gets shoved, just destroyed, and then flies into the goal. It's like, bro, this is, this is insane. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, dude, I don't know what in the world that was about last night. <laughs> but hey, wins what forty for forty five from for the free throw line. In his last 45 attempts, so we have these. We've thrown together several good performances in a row at the free throws tribe since the struggle at Athens, and a lot of that is win getting to the hole and making something happen. And and how about the logo three last night? 
What do you think about that? Mm. <laughs> you know what I thought about it. <laughs> Hey, man. Bro, you know, one thing about Auburn is like, I kind of think they like to toy with their food a little bit. You know, Auburn jumps out to a 13 point lead, their largest lead of the night, man. And here comes Mississippi State. You know, they go on a run and they get it to within five. And, and, you know, Auburn opens it back up to nine. And then they, they, Mississippi State cuts it back to five. And, I, I just feel it like every game, Auburn just kind of feels like to sit there and just toy with their food, and they're just like, I never felt like Auburn was in serious trouble last night. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, Dustin. Is always it felt like Athens did the game in Athens, right? How they did us. Yeah. Just, you're going to get to four or five, and that's where it stops. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. And I just felt like Auburn was in control the entire night. I felt like – I felt like – The first half was a much cleaner first half than we've had in a long time. I felt I know we only put up what thirty in the first half, but I felt like it was a lot cleaner. It wasn't so much of a struggle shooting the basketball. Uh, the turnovers were cut down in the first half. Uh, I just felt like Auburn played a clean game in that first half, uh, and then in the second half, it, it, that's where it got kind of sloppy. Uh, ooh, Kirk Cousins. Mm. You better pick it up right here, Kirk. Um, but, man, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's down to the nitty-gritty in this one. But, man, um, just just talk about, is this is this Auburn team starting to hit their stride? Uh, they, they, in my opinion, Dustin, they still haven't put an entire game together yet. But are they starting to hit their stride? And I know they got a tough one coming up this week in Baton Rouge with LSU. Uh, what do you think is going to go down there? I'm excited for the next the next little stretch. Everyone's acting like these are very winnable games, and that's just looking at it in the Auburn cocoon. You got to watch the whole league and how it goes. None of these games are just easy, winnable games at this point. I mean, like, look at look at Kentucky's performance versus South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And South Carolina is by far the worst team in the conference. It just got drilled again. But – and then Kentucky goes on and beats Tennessee, who's been the second-best team in the conference all year. So, you just don't know, man. So, I'm excited to go down to Baton Rouge – uh, they've got big physical guards. They really do. So I'm excited to see how we how we respond to that. Two road games in a row, um, but two games that we should win. So I'll be very excited if we come out of this week with a sweep and get to 16 and three. And even if we do split, it wouldn't be the worst in the world. But I don't want to lose to either one of these teams. It's definitely a winnable game. So <laughs> I feel like we're starting to. I don't know if we're quite hitting our stride yet, but I would say roles are starting to get defined more. And the thing that's really encouraging me, Blake, is we've been able to say all season, okay, Janai's the guy. And he steps it up even more. But Mm Janai's been the guy. And now Jalen's been consistent all year. And now it looks like Flynn is back. And when has put together some consistent performances in a row mm. and has, it has shown, you know, hey, man, I'm ready to take that next step as a leader as well. So I still feel like there's another gear this team can kick it into. Uh, 
if a guy like KD Johnson gets it going off the bench, then that gets us to another level. And but look, man, think about Simo. We didn't even have Simo last night, and that's yeah. that's a big, you know, it's a big part of our team. So to still get a win because we're just deep. We have got okay. Simo's hurt. Well, Slane can go thirty minutes tonight. Mm-hmm. So I think this team has another gear. But I'm excited about individually where guys are starting to figure out where they can go. And Bruce has made some adjustments as well, Blake. Um, we're starting to run. We kind of went away from it in the second half a little bit. But this team's just going to have stretches where we just don't score for five or six minutes. Yeah. And most college teams are, buddy. No doubt. Uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of games going into the 80s and 90s in college right mm-hmm. now. There's a lot of, if you watch these games, there's a lot of games where teams have four or five-minute stretches. We definitely are going to be one of those teams. Um, but rules are starting to get defined individually. Guys are starting to figure out this is where I belong, and you can kind of see the chemistry on this team getting built, and that's exciting to me because there's still there's still another gear that these guys got. Mm. And I'd rather be there than be where Bama is right now. And mm. I'm not saying that Bama should be like, oh no, we shouldn't be winning. You know what I mean? Like if I was a Bama fan, I'm all for it. We're winning games. What yeah. you want us to do? But I would rather be where we are right now because just, just look at us last year. Mm-hmm. We were we were turned up in the middle of the season playing our best ball. Mm-hmm. I think we're playing good ball right now with the opportunity to go to another level. You know what, Dustin? Like you said, man, if I'm an Alabama fan right now, yeah, I'm soaking it in. I'm, I'm because I did it last year, right? I was, I was on social media talking trash. Yeah, man. Hey, in my opinion, right now they're playing like they're the best team in college basketball. Uh, so, I, yeah, one hundred percent. But like you said, I do agree with Auburn slowly starting to get it together. Guys are starting to come into their own, starting to realize their role, like a Trey Donaldson, you know, coming off the bench, playing ten minutes and and uh, just doing his part, not turning the ball over. And uh, setting this offense up, playing good defense. Leor Berman, another guy that has just mm. taken on a role, Dustin, has just been lights out since he gets they his. Get some plays on D as well. It, it, Matt, hey, hey, man, his defense, his defense, you know, it's 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 improved <laughs> tremendously. All right, uh, he's sliding yeah. his feet, man. Great hands, uh, taking charges, just. Uh, been an exceptional player, and, and I said it a couple weeks ago, man. I thought he should get some run on the court. And he comes in and he hits an occasional big shot, gets a couple turnovers and everything, and, and I'll take a guy like that that is going to bust his tail uh, for this Auburn team. So, you know, guys like that, man. Dylan Cardwell, he's accepted, you know, his role on this Auburn team, and he comes in. And and he gives us that spark, man. Uh, like last night with that lob that he had, uh, you know, he, he gives us that spark. He gets the people going. He pins one off the glass. Flan pins one off the glass. It just gets the jungle, gets the juices flowing in the jungle, man. So I, I 100% agree, man. I, I think this Auburn team is starting to figure themselves out. I think they're starting to roll a little bit. Playing with some confidence, playing with some swagger. Uh, Wendell Green Jr. got the new hair. He's got that going and everything. The logo three starting to fall and uh, just uh, excited, excited for the next couple of weeks. And the uh, Southeastern Conference just right in the middle of things, four and one, and uh, got two on the road this week. So 
Uh, you know, I just uh, what did the Giants just win? Did I think the Giants just won? Wow. I don't know. I walked down the, <laughs> in the kitchen real quick. Yeah, I think I think they just stopped. Yeah. Yeah, they just stopped the Vikings. It's a minute and 44 left. Yeah. Wow. The G-man, man. Uh, but, yeah, Dustin, this Auburn team, uh, I, I like where we're at right now, no doubt. And, you know, there's a lot of things to build on. And we're not, like you said, we're not playing our best ball right now. So we haven't we haven't peaked yet. And I would rather peak in the tournament than right now in January. And... I think we're going to have the opportunity to do that, you know. And um, like you mentioned weeks ago, this Auburn team is going to lose more games. Some of them are going to be ugly. But just hang in there, man. Just hang in there. This Auburn team has talent. We have four guys that uh, can be superstars in this league. So uh, Joe Nye, I know he had an off night last night, but he'll be back this week. He'll be back with another star-studded performance. So I like where we're at, Dustin. I really do, man. So – uh, wrapping this thing up, Dustin, I wanted to give you the floor, man, give you a chance to drop all your socials, and uh, the Giants are taking a knee, man. Yeah, so I just saw it, yeah. yeah you're about 30 seconds ahead of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I remain undefeated on my NFL picks. There we go. Someone's possibly <laughs> get it done for me tomorrow. That's really the only one I care about being right with any damn way. There you go. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, something I want to address real quick. Out of the blue today, Ace Bailey, big five-star center, went to Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And there's been some Twitter reaction and some message board reaction that Bruce has lost his touch in recruiting and that we, uh, we've been missing on too many recruits in basketball. Mm. My simple argument is, do you, do you forget how highly rated Chance Westry and Johan Traor are. Now, I'm not yep. saying that they've had a good year, but we got recruited anybody who was anybody for those kids. Who, what about Jabari Smith? Mm. Was he not sought after? Mm. So, let's call, <laughs> you're not going to get them all. Now, I don't know why in the world that kid went to Rutgers. That's a crazy thing. Um, whatever, you know, whatever. But, <laughs> There's a lot of that going around, and let's just let's just chill with that. Um, not going to get them all, but you can find me uh, on Twitter at dmcshog28, and you can find me on YouTube at Southern Sports Daily. Follow me there, like and subscribe. Find us on Spotify, same thing. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just excited for excited for these next two road games, and I really feel like we'll be sitting at six and one, and can't really ask for anything much better. And uh, we'll see how many portal guys we get this weekend, too, buddy. Mm, man, stay off of Bruce Pearl, people. All right, stay off of him. He's done the greatest job in Auburn sports, man. Uh, stay off of my boy Bruce. Uh, we're going to be good to go. The future of Auburn basketball is right where it needs to be. So uh, pump the brakes, and we are going to be just fine. And like Dustin said, if you could, go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, look up the Uptempo Podcast, rate us, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, YouTube channel. We go live uh, for all of the Auburn basketball games. We'll be doing baseball as well. So we really appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will be back this coming week. We're out. War Damn Eagle, everybody. <laughs>